Welcome to season three. Welcome to season three of this most unbelievable podcast. We're doing it, Paul. We're doing it, Sherry, and here we are again. Here we are again. So when we started season one, we had no plan. We just explored topics as they came up. And for season two, we made a plan. How do experiences go through the mind, the body, and the heart? Now we go into season three. Do we have a plan? Well, a couple of topics keep coming up. Yeah, so what reoccurring theme do you see, Paul? I see the topic of connection coming up a lot. What do you see, Sherry? Definitely connection, and also persistence. Uh, Connection and persistence. These are pretty big themes, Paul. These are pretty big themes, Sherry, and we'll do our best to cover them well here in Season 3. And we thank you, dear listeners, for joining us as we explore these topics. If you like what you hear and you want to support us, please visit the website and click on the donate button to support us on Patreon. You can also check out our website where you can learn more about the workshops and events we have coming up. Thanks for listening, everybody. Now on with the show. Good day, Sherry Spiegel. Hello, Paul Fitzgerald. And what brings you to a podcast like this on a Wednesday (laughs) afternoon? Of all the podcasts and all the land. You come walking into this one. Indeed. A fine film. I feel like I'm going to say it must be that time of the semester because I think we're a little punchy today. Yeah, I think we, we probably are. We probably are. Um, I bring up Casablanca quite often as a movie and in classes sometimes. Uh, not in this context, though, and, and oftentimes a, a different one. Um, <laughs> when uh, when we talk about punctuality and being places on time and, you know, all these other qualities that we try to instill in our students and um, – Sometimes you get these really eager students who want to meet or people or friends or whoever it might be who want to do something like really early in the morning. And there's the scene in the movie where they're they're trying to get their passports. They're talking to the Humphrey Bogart character. And it's like, great, we'll be at your office at 8. And he says, wonderful, I'll see you at 10. <laughs> you know, it's a, I always got a kick out of that scene. Yeah, it's a good one. Always got a kick out of that. Um, yeah, we are a little punchy, I think. Uh, we're in the middle, right? So fall break is next week. I mean, it's middle of the semester. We've been in for, this is week seven, I guess, huh? It is week seven. Seven and so change. So by the time fall break is over, we will have reached the midpoint. The midpoint. Um, and by now, when you say punchy, what do you think uh, What do you think goes into that? Why do you think we're punchy after the seven weeks? Ah. Uh... Well, I think when I say that I'm getting punchy, it usually means that there's like this weird combination of like super tired, but also oddly content. That's what punchy means for me. So I tend to make really weird jokes. I tend to laugh at my own humor more. Mm. Um Yeah, I don't know. I think sometimes, like, silly jokes become more prevalent. It's like, well, we got to laugh so we don't cry. Yeah, right, right. The importance of jocularity comes Mm -hmm. into it a little bit bit more. And uh, I I hesitate at the beginning of many 
many lectures these days when I hop on to the to the Zoom room to say something like, well, here we are again. Let's get to it. We know what to do, you know, but you don't want to fall into this mundane patterns of, you know, uh, I mean, because what I've noticed about people when they show up for things in general is they will show up exactly at the level of the bar that you set. And um, mm-hmm. if I don't set the bar as, as being one that is, engaged and enthusiastic and ready to go they sure as heck won't either um they sure as heck won't either and why would they well i mean i think that points to an interesting way that i think our energies you know like you don't have energy within a vacuum right like so if you're in a space with another human your energy is going to impact that human for better or for worse oh for sure oh for sure right and i think that's true like um i try not to like start my class by saying like, oh, I'm really tired because then it's like a chorus of, well, we're all tired here. Yeah. Yeah. They will absorb that. They will absorb that as you do as well sometimes in a class that is just not really feeling it. I mean, and people, you know, are always wondering, how did that go? Was that a good lecture? Was that not a good lecture? Did that do the thing? How were the students today? You know, you know in the middle of it how it's going if you're paying attention. It's like, wow, I'm really tanking today. This really stinks. Or wow, I'm really, this is really going well. I mean, you you sort of know how you're feeling in the middle of this and it's reading the energy of the room, sort of like you said. And uh, we do, we do absolutely absorb that stuff and we, we pick up on it. But I always do tend to try to bring a positivity to... Um, to things when I when I do them because this is the life we have. Yeah. So let's let's do this from a place of positivity if we can. And that's not necessarily by I don't know come hell or high water we're going to have a good time. It's not really that. It's like well, it, it's not even so far down the path as saying it's optimistic. It's it, or just optimism. It's yeah something cool might happen. I love seeing my kids. Mm-hmm. Just do a cool yeah. thing. Yeah, um, there there are significant chances of being a having a positive experience, if not a absolutely delightful one, in in all experiences. I think, and mm-hmm. why not see how it plays out and see? I guess I'm adaptable that way. <laughs> I see what you're doing. Sure, he knows Our what I'm doing. Don't yeah. yet, but um, <laughs> we have a plan. Trust us, right? It's like five minutes. <laughs> we'll get I there, and it. all things will be known. Right? Yep. I I get it. Paul is thank very you for strategic. thank you for including our listeners into this, Sherry, <laughs> in your communication. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, everything is connected after all. It is. We both agree on that for sure. Yes. It is one of our shared ideas. Yeah, we're very strategic in how we approach this. So have uh. we? Have we? I have an idea, <laughs> and that wraps that up. We've done all ten. I think. I think we've done all ten. Um. Oh, there was something else I was going to say before we got to the 10 things that we are talking about. We Hang are on, not listeners. talking we'll about the 10 back things I hate about yeah. you. Yeah. Um, though we could. No. Um, I don't think I have a list of 10 things I hate about you, Paul. Maybe I'll work on that. That sounds like a challenge to me. <laughs> <laughs> I will give you 10 things to hate about me. Right. Yeah. Well... Uh, I don't know. I think it's, uh, so the 10 things that we are in fact alluding to, um, are our strengths, uh, as seen through, uh, the Clifton strength finder assessment, which I have to say, I have been, Paul, what's a kind word for nagging? 
encouraging. Mm-hmm. I have been encouraging with Every some day persistence. For the last six months. <laughs> Nonstop. <laughs> Every day, yeah. Yep. Which that's not true. It hasn't been every day. It hasn't, it hasn't been. been every day, oh, but no, uh, on on many occasions, I find the opportunity to connect things that we're talking about to the idea of the Clifton Strength Finder, uh, in part because I'm just a sucker for like self exploration. <laughs> I'm a sucker for cognitive assessment. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. What, Tell what, me more about myself. Yeah. Um, so I did the I did this assessment at the end of the spring semester. Um, And I think I remember telling you and another friend of ours about it at the time and encouraged you to do it. Lo and behold, you had a code just loitering in your home. Yeah, our our, our employer purchased that for us, right? It was one of those many books that just sort of show up in our mailboxes of, here, read this, and all your problems will be solved kind of thing. Or I Is think, that how it went? Because I think I th- our employer I think our employer purchased it for people who were engaged in leadership activities at a certain time, and you, my friend, are engaged in a leadership activity. Oh, that just sounds... Yeah. So, um, so Paul resisted... Or just didn't prioritize. I don't know. What's just the better? How would you? I'll. It's your story. I'll let you tell it. Oh, uh, what's the what's the what's the what's the story? Why 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 did it take me six why months did, to do it? Or yeah, why, did, why I, did it take you so damn long? Because mm-hmm. mine is like, wow, I got that done in six months. That's a new record, right? It's like I'm surprised I got to it that quickly. So I mean, we might, <laughs> if you know me, we might have different perspectives on this. It's like, wow, that's a, that's not bad. Six months. Uh, why did it take me six months? I don't know. Because, uh, I mean, we all are a sucker, I think, for a good assessment of <laughs> of our personalities. And uh, as soon as uh, it was a, a year or two ago, maybe even more, that, you know, Gretchen Rubin, I, I took the Gretchen Rubin, what is mm-hmm. that, the four tendencies. Yeah. And uh, as soon as I landed squarely and uh, square, squarely on the rebel category of resisting expectations, both internal and external, it's like... That literally explains every single thing in my life. Um, and from then on out, I can sort of lean back on that. It's like, ah, I'm a rebel. What are you going to do? I'm resisting the expectation. I don't know. Um, but, I mean, it is a felt sense. It is a felt sense of when, when somebody wants you to take this cognitive assessment and they really – because they really want to know how you – it's like ah. – it's kind of bristle against it a little bit. Yeah. And um, is the only the only way in which I will enthusiastically do a thing like this is if um, it is a decision that I come to is something that I, I need to do. Mm-hmm. And I think you discovered that recently on what well, those buttons look on what those buttons look like. But it was like, I just you know somebody else wants me to do something yeah, I, I don't know. I, I just feel this resistance to it. Thanks, Gretchen. Yeah, well <sighs> so I mean, it's interesting, the rebel thing, right? Is I think for a while, like, re- the rebel tendency just became, like, it became Paul's go-to response for why he does things the way he does, but only in times when another party is frustrated with him. Yeah. Fascinating. It, it, but it, what's it interesting is, it, about it, it, it is I think the more we lean into the fact that, oh, Paul's a rebel... It's gotten to a point now where I think it doesn't serve you as well as you think it does anymore because it is now my expectation 
that Paul won't do what I want him to do just because I want him to. And so it's my expectation that you're going to rebel. So So I'm going to rebel. This is like a two negatives make a positive. I'm going to rebel against the rebelling and I'm going to do it. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. know. Maybe, maybe. Um, uh, Just to be clear to our, our listeners, you know, having these, I mean, and I, I mean, it's there. There is a little bit of a hesitation. None of these things are as simple as, well, Paul's a rebel, and so he's going to resist everything. I mean, all of these things are, all of these tests and all these cognitive things and all these behavioral assessments that we do. I mean, they're all suggestive of things. You know, sometimes we're surprised by the outcome. Sometimes we're not. It's it's really really challenging to presume that you can understand or explain some of these behaviors in a five word five mm-hmm. letter word you know that is the result of this thing that you did free on the internet so i mean yeah. i i do fall out consistently every time i take it as a couple of things i always fall out as a rebel when as many times as i take the test i always fall out as an entj on the myers-briggs um this is the first time i've taken the strengths finders and if i want to take it again i think i have to get another code for mm-hmm. 1999 or whatever that's a one and done um but it's not free but you know like with the rebel like with the entj read through these uh how i ended up on this with my top five uh strengths i guess um mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. It, it makes sense. But so, I mean, all of these are different, I think, ways of looking at ourselves um, to get some understanding about some things. But when when it's like, ah, I figured Paul out and now I know how to get him to do stuff. You know, I mean, my response to that is, please tell me. Please tell me. Because it's like, I, I'm trying to figure it out myself. Because being a rebel doesn't just mean that you resist the outward expectations that people have for you. It also means you resist the internal ones, too. And that's pretty f- freaking inconvenient (laughs) sometimes i I try desperately not to start swearing on our own g-rated podcast here pg sometimes maybe but it's like it's not that it's all fun and games being a rebel here in the in the gretchen rubin way right i mean you look like you're cool because you resist other people's expectations so i'm gonna wear jeans and a ripped up t-shirt and a denim jacket and be all cool with you know with a mullet or something maybe that was high school i don't know um but no one in the history of humans has looked cool with a (laughs) mullet sir i'm sorry i might have a picture i might have a picture Uh. um it was cool. Um, but the, the, it's it's resisting the internal ones as well. As soon as I say, you know what, I ought to do something. That's why we, we have this thing where it's like I try not to should myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because as soon as I do, I'm not going to want to do it and mm-hmm. I'm going to resist it and I'm going to rebel against it. And it's like I, if you want to guarantee that I resist something – it's the should expectation of it will do it every single time. Yeah. Hey, Paul, you should get um, that gangrenous arm, remo- arm removed. It's like, ah, I don't know. <laughs> Seems all right to me. <laughs> you know, it's even when things are like clearly in my best interest, I'm like, ah, yeah, I don't know. Well, I think, you know, it's, I think we're all kind of like that, right? Like, I don't. No matter how you come up on the Gretchen Rubin framework or whatever, or specifically maybe with that one, I you know, that one's about what motivates us. And I think no matter, 
how you come out on an assessment like that, there are parts of your personality that probably you chafe at and you don't love, right? Like I remember early when you took that assessment and we would, and you would use it as an excuse in our conversations. I mean, when you would refer me to that assessment, um, early in that, you would say something to me like, it's not, it's not easy for me either, right? Like you wished you could be different. Um, and so sometimes I think that's what's really interesting about these kinds of assessments is they point to the things that um, that we don't kind of love or even understand about ourselves. Right. Um, and I think that's one of the things that's interesting about the Strengths Finder is part of what I think it's it's trying to get people to focus on is what they do bring to the table, not the stuff about them that that frustrates them. Yeah, right. Um, it's not the weakness finders, right? Cause right, because that's life. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's all the other. Yeah. Um, and so it's such a different like way of thinking in some ways because there's no should in it. Uh, it's not about mm-hmm. what you should do or how you should be. It's about who and how you actually are, which I think I find very refreshing. Um, but part of the reason why I was so interested in you taking it um, is because I think one of the things I find fascinating about you and I, especially the longer we work together, is that there are a lot of really spooky ways that I think you and I are alike. Mm-hmm. And then there are equally spooky ways that we just do not see the world the same. Right. right, um, right. And so I was kind of interested in to what extent that would show up in an assessment like this. And I think we found that it does. Like the similarities show up and the and points the, of Yeah, and the differences. Yeah, and the differences up. do too. So shall we is this is this the good time for the reveal? I I mean, unless you want to drag it out as long as you did earlier with me. <laughs> uh yeah, so we've been waiting six months for this result, so um it's longer than a COVID test. Um and so uh, I had to drag out the drag out the reveal when I I told Sherry about this, so. Yeah. How do we um, want to do this? You first or me? Oh, uh, do we want to start with the ones we have in common? Well, yeah, let's do that. Let's do it. I was going to say, I mean, nobody wants to listen to us read off this list. Let's talk about the ones we have in common. But, and uh, listeners, we, I'd be interested to see if this is a surprise to you from what you've known from, uh, if you're a longtime listener of this mm-hmm. podcast, on whether you agree with this or not. So we're going to start with our points of connection. Yeah, I think I mean if you if you see how these are ranked on mine and ranked on yours, the one with the lowest combined score, says the scientist, is that one. Mm-hmm. Um dun dun dun, Sherry, the first one is connectedness. Connectedness. Indeed. Um so did it surprise you that connectedness was on yours or that it was on mine? No. Yeah, me neither. Okay, next. So <laughs> and <laughs> like, we're done. No, that's not, Here yeah, no in surprise this podcast there, so. season. Um, that's what's kind of hilarious. So season three, what is this about? Persistence and, um, connection, yeah. and connectedness. So Sherry persisted in trying to get Paul to do the strength finder and they discovered connectedness. Yeah. So I wasn't too surprised by that, but that was my number three. That was your number two, it looks like. Yeah. Indeed. So that's yeah. both pretty, pretty up there for both of us, I think. Yeah. And I don't think that's a surprise to people. I don't, it certainly wasn't a surprise to me. Well, what does connectedness mean to you? 
Oh, God. Is that the softball for the day? Um, A shared realization that we are part of the same larger universal truth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How was that? That's good. Because I just sort of came out with that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's like I had not thought about that. It's like, well, we're here. You know, are we... Are we here independently, separately, or are we here as part of the same thing? And I, I choose to think that we're here, we're here part of the same thing. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I don't know. And that doesn't mean I know what the nature of the connection is. No. But I think it's this like unwavering sense that we're all in this together. Yeah. Whatever the this is. And you don't have to know what this is. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. But it's something. Mm-hmm. And we're in it together. And we're having a shared experience. Yeah. And therefore, there ha- there must be connectedness. There must be. And everything about 49 years on this earth has convinced me. It did not take me 45, 49 years to be convinced of this. Um, my life is better recognizing connection than, than not. And, you know, it, it's made better by um, focusing on the connection and not independence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I don't want to be independent. It's like I want to be connected to people. I want to be interdependent. interdependent. Mm-hmm. on on others and i i hope i'm a part of that interdependence on on others as well mm-hmm. yeah and i mean you know for me it comes in as number two and so yeah I it was think, higher than new than it was for me yeah so i think times when i feel like i'm really able to foster connection and to do activities that highlight that interconnectedness um the moments where serendipity just seems to shine like mm-hmm. that's where i feel like i'm in my in my element Mm-hmm. Um, and it's part of why I think COVID is some, in some ways hard, even though this is the, in some ways there is nothing more shared and connected than sort of the community spread grief that is yeah, COVID. Right. Yeah, right. Um, and I've talked, I mean, I think we've both maybe have talked to our classes about this. I know that I have, and we share so many of these things you must have as well, Sherry, um, I think we did talk about this, though. I mean, mm-hmm. even when, because I mean, this is one of the things that really is pronounced in in the the COVID scene mm-hmm. era that we're in now. You know, for the last six months, it feels like it's a geological time period, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, this disconnection from everything. Is, oh, we have to stay socially distanced, which is, you know, is that the right word? Is it more like physically? Who? Yeah, physically distant. I don't remember who that was that was talking about that, right? Um, and why are we calling socially distant? Because we're not socially distant. We're physically distant. But we're mm-hmm. socially connected still. And Zoom, thank you to the Zoom Corporation <laughs> for providing this lovely platform that we're all using to, to maintain that. I mean, back in the good old days, you were just disconnected and it was over. You had to wait for the postal service or something like that to connect you. Um, it was it was just bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but we are sharing this experience on this earth. And it's it's collective. And it's real-time-ish. You know, give or take a, a millisecond or two. Um, and the point that I've been making to my classes over the last couple of couple of days or week or so is that just because we're on Zoom, it doesn't mean that we're not connected. Mm-hmm. And it's a felt sense of connection. It's not just me me telling you and you believing me. There is a shared sense of connectedness that you can get over video conferencing 
platforms if they're good. And we've we've tested a few. We tried Skype and we tried, mm-hmm. you know, the Google Talk and all that. I mean, we, we fooled around with a couple others. And I think we, we often come to the conclusion, Zoom's pretty good, you know, and this is not an endorsement, uh, blah, blah, blah. They are not supporting this podcast, but we'd love it if they did <laughs> and all, all of that. But it, it's, it lets us engage in the shared experience in which we are feeling connected to each other and we receive feedback Mm-hmm. that um, s- if not cements that into place, confirms a little bit that that might be happening for both yeah. of us. And yeah, it's it's not the one we would choose, but it's the one we got and it doesn't not work. It's not the worst. It, you know, it's funny. We've been um, just thinking about how connectedness works. Um, and this is more connection than connectedness maybe, but... Um, Recently, we've had a couple of conversations through um, the WhatsApp, like, video conferencing. Yeah. Um, and I found that really interesting because it's still the same thing. It's still video conferencing. Um, mm-hmm. But it, feel, <laughs> it feels like I'm having a different kind of experience with you simply because the camera is positioned in a different way. To where it legitimately yeah, feels right. more like we're sitting beside each other than yeah. sitting across from each other. Hmm. And I don't know what that is, <laughs> um, but I have noticed that it makes me feel a different kind of connectedness. Yeah, that's interesting because um, WhatsApp is pretty easy to use. I mean, you just press the video call button and it's like it fires it fires right up um, and it works. And that's that's sort of another way, you know, but both of these things, both online teleconferencing or or some of these apps on your phone, they do require a little bit of intention that you have to bring to it. It's not going to happen by itself. Um, you need to participate in these and you have to initiate them every once in a while. And it, it takes a little more work than it used to, mm-hmm. I, th- yeah. I think. Or maybe it doesn't. I mean, commuting to campus four days a week. In traffic in Northern Virginia, also required work, <laughs> but it was a work that was assumed, right? This is it was not work that said I'm going to you know have a sense of connected with with my colleagues, so I'm going to go to work today. It's like no, it's like I like my paycheck, so I'm going to go to work today. But but this with you know setting up a Zoom or doing some WhatsApping or whatever it is with with people that are in your community to main you know and and to take those. Extend, expend that little bit of energy it takes to do that kind of thing and carve out a little half an hour that it takes to mm-hmm. do that thing is is something that requires just a little bit of work and it's exclusively for its own end. It's exclusively yeah. to its own end. And yeah. and I think that's that's one of the differences for me. Before it was like, well, you know, I'm already here on campus and Sherry's right over there and she's got tea in her office or I'll go over there and check in on Sarah. She what's see see what's the what and you know, just do a little walk around because I have to get my step, you know, and you can you sort of rationalize and mush together the social interactions in all kinds of different ways. You mm-hmm. run into this person on campus. And those casual and assumed interactions form the glue that holds your community together. And it's able to happen, you know, the word I think that is oftentimes used is organically. Mm-hmm. It happens organically by itself with no effort and uh, society sustains itself. But now that's been taken away and that is gone and um, for, for the indefinite until all this is sorted out. So it's, it's connectedness and the things you have to do and the steps you have to take do yeah. require more intention specifically for the sake of connectedness and not just 
because it's part of your job or whatever it might be. Right. I mean, so, I mean, I think you and I probably both believe that connectedness is kind of like the natural, like, like that is a true thing in the world, right? That's human Um, society for the last 250,000 years. You know, that's around a campfire. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day on the African savannas with a couple of dogs lurking around, barking at the hyenas. Right. A hundred thousand years ago. Yeah. You know? I mean, so... So interaction, connectedness, shared experience, narratives that bring us together, all of that is very natural. It's old, human. But evolution, yeah. Right, right. But isolation is not natural. I mean, and it has really profound effects on people. I mean, look at look at studies done on, you know, prisoners who are put Yeah, I was gonna say, yeah. Isolation, right? Um and so I think it makes sense. Um, not only that connectedness shows up high for both of us, but when we are pushed into a circumstance where uh, the sort of natural flow of things for connection sort of go away, because this is one of our strengths, I think, you know, like you and I are thinking about, well, we're going to be more distant from our students. Mm -hmm. What is it going to look like? Uh, We've gotten a lot more purposeful with how we spend time yep. with each other, how we yep. build community. I mean, this most unbelievable life in some ways took off as a result of our desire to build connection when the world started beating down the idea of our yeah. access to connectedness. Yeah, it did. Yeah. And for um, and the interesting thing about me is like, and you know who 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 started this? Who did this? You know who who started to do with all, all this stuff? It's like well, two people whose strengths finder play out with connectedness being very high <laughs> on the list. It's like well, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. You yeah. know, if this was number well, thirty three for each one of us, it's like yeah, I guess I'll see you in a year and a half. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <sighs> connection and community, I think, have always been themes in the work that we've started doing together. So I think this makes a lot of sense. Um, so that's my number two. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we also share your number two is my yeah. number four. Ideation. Mm-hmm. Ideation. Hey, Sherry, I have a really good idea. What's your really good idea? Let's talk about ideation. I love this idea. Um, I had a similar idea, and I was just waiting to tell you about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty interesting, you know. And, uh, I mean, we've talked our origin story quite quite often, but it's like, hey, Sherry, you want to do a podcast? (laughs) I mean, hey, Paul, I want to talk to you about cycles. Hey, Sherry, let's, you know, I have this url that i was i mean you know there's been ideation from the beginning of this and that's a theme that sort of runs through my life and from your strength finder i suspect it's a theme that runs through yours as well Mm -hmm. yeah i think so well i mean ideation right i think i enjoy brainstorming almost as much as any other activity oh yeah in fact like sometimes i think you and i are like this is the what if question. It's a little, a little right? too like, much ideation sometimes. <laughs> it doesn't matter whether we ever actually do the thing. Like, let's just talk about details, like, details, the maybes, details. right? The possibilities. Um, and so, yeah, I just, you know, for me, like, ideas are maybe the most important thing in the world. Yeah, um, right. 
I'm very concept driven. It's one of the reasons I like this structure is it's like, ooh, what will happen when I just think about things limiting because I have so many ideas all the time all at once. Yeah, right. So if I limit myself to five ideas at once uh, or in the case of looking at ours, uh, what do we have? Like we have three that are the same and then we have. Yeah, we have two that are different. Yeah. So we've got like what? Seven together. <sighs> Yeah, so I got a question. Okay. Um, you did this to me, so I'm, I'm going to ask you a softball question. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, listeners, any anytime anybody ever tells you that it's a softball, it is not a softball. Okay. Um, you asked me to sort of define connectedness. How do you define ideation? What is ideation? Ideation is Cause like this weird word because like you mean like having ideas because but you you do this word on it and you sort of make it a verb kind of with like ideation. What is it? Yeah, that's one of the things I don't like about the Strength Finder is the words don't seem parallel. Like, you know, some of them are like some like some of them have the ER on the end and are like an like Yeah, they're sort of mixing the, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's not, you know, an ideator. It is ideation is um the strength. Um so I think ideation is it's kind of like the combination of creativity, problem solving, and just fascination with possibility. Mm. And so I think it's people that are really open um, to exploring what's possible. And I think people that are into ideation are the kind of people that you can always you know, like a lot of my students will come to me um, for help and I think I will fire hose them with 27 possibilities. That's ideation. Yeah. And this is a this is a, a word that you and I have used um, when talking about our own interactions about one of us like fire hosing the other one. Because uh-huh. like, Sherry, I haven't talked to you in three hours. I have about 15 ideas I need to blow through you. And we're just like, blah. And it's, and it's like, hey, Paul, how was your day? And it's like, blah. And it's like, hey, Sherry, how was your day? And like, blah. And it's like, there's just so much going on all the time. If if the if there's a little crack in the seal on that, the whole thing just sort of, the whole dam bursts and you get all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is well, and I think knowing the fact that we both have this as uh, a strength kind of also, I mean, all strengths have downsides to some extent, oh, yeah. right? Yeah, for sure. Um, for sure. And so I think our awareness that this is just how both of us go, I think you and I kind of have to be cognizant of that and actually work to take turns. Um, I yes, think, we have yeah. done that. We have done that. <laughs> yeah. Um, Cause I think I have friends who, you know, are not ideators and who are perfectly content just to listen to me, like, right, ramble right. on about all the 30 million mm-hmm. things that ran through my head in a day. Bless their hearts. But because we both have 30 million ideas running through our heads, uh, we do have to get a little more uh, aware of giving each other space to, yeah. like, do that. That becomes uh, part of an intentionality in itself, you know. Mm-hmm. But boy, when we make it like a point to just sit down together and say, like, what do we want to do? Like, what, you know, what do we want to explore? 
we, we just, have not had a hard time coming up with a long list of things in those situations. No, no, we haven't. Yeah. Uh, despite initial fears, right? Like, yeah, no, like we can come up with more ideas than we have energy or resources. Yeah, because it's like, oh, gee, Sherry, I don't know. Well, there are these 35 things that I've been thinking about. And then you sort of go from there. You know, James Altucher says you can practice this ideation mm. idea, right? And he, I might have talked about this before. Um, he recommends if somebody wants to practice creativity and ideation to walk around with a pad of paper and every day write down 10 business ideas. And it can be something dumb. It can be something smart or whatever. It is like every day write down 10 ideas for a business that you could start or something like that that you could initiate. Mm -hmm. And the objective there is not to like do them. It's to practice creative thinking and connection forming and ideation in a real and practical way Mm -hmm. that sort of keeps those neurons from getting too dusty. And it, it sort of keeps you a little bit creative. And he says, if you want to come up with like a like a super awesome business idea and you really want to come up with something great and you want to make a lot of money off of it and you really want a successful thing, how do you do that? Easy. Write down about 10,000 different possibilities and see which one works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and, and that's about his ratio. It's about 5,000 5, to 1, you know, or 1,000 right. to 1, you know, for every 1,000 ideas that you actually write down one might be a good successful idea that might take off. But you don't get to it unless you unless you do it. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because I have had the idea of vaguely you and I, not necessarily you, Paul, but you, random person I'm talking to, and I should have a podcast. The number of times that I've had that idea and said it aloud to people compared to the number of times that I've actually done it. Right. Right. Yeah. You just need the one to, to sort of catch. But I think that there's an interesting connection, too, between ideation and connectedness um because you know like you were just talking and you were like i think i've talked about this before i think some of the something that we do is i think we re-rehearse things that we've thought about before in new contexts because Mm -hmm. we see Mm -hmm. new ways we come up with new ideas for how old things are connected to new issues yeah 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 that's interesting to me. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. So we have a third shared strength. Yeah, I don't know about this one. This is both number five for both of us. So I don't know. Maybe we don't even need to talk about it. I don't know. You know, it's one of these things like I, I see it, it. It looks like a thing that's just enough to get me into trouble. Almost. <sighs> well, okay. So I have to, I should have told you this before we started recording. But I have a lot of baggage around this word. And um, you should have told me that before you started this podcast. I um, I, I low-key resent that I have it personally. Okay, cool, cool. Um, but I think I can I think I can separate my baggage with the issue and the actual issue. I think I can do it. But First, we have to define what strategy is. Yeah, so it's strategic. It's strategic, right? Yes. That both came out number five for us. Right. Um, and when I get these things, it's like the thing that shows up number five, it's like, well, there's four others that make a whole lot of sense. So five is like, ah, you're in the weeds at that point. You know, you're sort of you're sort of fishing around to whatever is – I mean, you don't bet on what horse is going to come in fifth, do you? You know? I mean, so. Well, sometimes the horse I bet on does, does come, come in, in fifth, fifth but right. it's not but ideal. Not the one that actually you think is going to come in fifth. Right. right? That's, that's yeah. not a big payoff in uh, 
at the track, so to speak. Um, Only yeah, if you get str- one, two, three, and four. <laughs> right, 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 and get the full house. Um, strategic, strategic. I don't know. You have an idea. How do you get from How do you get from A to B? How do you move the ball down downfield? You know. Um, you know, with with me, the only time this actually manifests, I think, is well, if we actually want this to happen, we need to get it on my calendar somehow. And it's like that's that's my relationship with with strategy. Um, when we get into the th- ways that you and I don't overlap, right? Mm-hmm. That we're different. My uh, issues with strategic might come out a little bit more. It's like why why do I think that's like eh, strategic? You know, um, yeah. We got a thing we want to do. I guess this is how we do it. But yeah, that's yeah. that's pretty much my relationship with it. What do you, what do you think about it? Well, it's kind of interesting because the way that sh- the Clifton Strength Finder defines the word, I think uh, it's not it um it makes it sound to me more like persistence than it does strategy. Mm. Um, mm. And so like in my description for it, uh, I'm pulling it up now. So in my description for it, it specifically has this line that says um, people with this outlook um, look for patterns where other people see complexity And then they say, mindful of these patterns, they envision alternative scenarios, always asking, what if this happened? Um, And so that's a different way of thinking about strategy than I tend to. Because I think you and I are people that see patterns. I think part of why I see patterns is because I fundamentally believe the world is interconnected. Yeah. And so... Yeah. Am I really just connectedness twice? I don't know. Maybe. maybe. But, um, but so basically it's, you know, they, they're, they're trying to argue that strategic folks are the people that can develop a way forward by seeing alternatives. Um, but Desarto sort of de- troubles Who? how we Who? talk about. Who? Huh? Whom? Desarto. I'll put who, it in the show is, notes. Okay. <laughs> okay. So Desarto has kind of this way of thinking about um, strategy versus tactics. And I've written about this in stuff that I've right. like published right. in my field um, because it has a lot to do with how I frame guerrilla rhetoric. Um, so the way Desarto frames strategy is that strategy is kind of ultimately always the thing done by those in power. Mm-hmm. And so, like, you think about big companies or big institutions that have a strategic vision. Right. Right? It's the thing that the entity is going to do because they have time, talent, and resources that they can mobilize. Um, So he contrasts that with tactics. And so tactics are what the scrappy folk have. And, you know, that's what a guerrilla would have versus a formal army. And so I have never thought of myself as being strategic. I have always thought of myself as being tactical. Um, so, it, and it's back to like a couple weeks ago, we talked about MacGyver. Mm-hmm. MacGyver isn't strategic. No, he no, doesn't no, no. plan ahead and plant a knife in the place he's going. No way. He's tactical. He's tactical. Um, so that's my baggage with this. I would prefer to describe myself as tactical 
as opposed to strategic. Yeah, that almost seems like a short-term, long-term thing. So it's like solving the problem in front of you is a, is, is tactic. And what's your longer-term vision for this? Is strategy? I don't know. I'm still trying to make sense of this myself. I took this assessment today, everyone, today. So I'm still sort of <laughs> doing a little digesting on this. But yeah, strategic. I always think about old, uh, I want to say, uh, uh, like imagery from World War II, but it's not. I think it's imagery from like Indiana Jones movies mm-hmm. of like people in World War II, like pushing, you know, battleships and tanks across large world maps and things like that, trying to come up with a plan to defeat the Nazis or whatever it might be. You know, or the the gamer friends down the street from us who play Axis and Allies for 10 days straight, you know, trying to come up with strategic ways to to win the war on a board game or something like that. It's like, I don't know if I have that, you know? It's like, it looks complicated to me. It's like, today's hard enough. yeah. Do that's I need why, to think about like a long-term vision? Because that's going to be a problem for me. That See, that's why I really think that uh, we should just rename this one for you and me and call it tactical. That's fine with me because I'm, okay. I'm totally on board with that because like, yeah, we got a thing we got to do. How do we do it? Well, we're going to get the mixer out, do a zoom, fire it up, hit the play button at the same time, run it through uh, Audacity, kick it up on Podbean, bada bing, bada boom. Bada boom. Yeah. Easy, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. So this, it's, podcast, it's an so. interesting one. Um, but those are the three yeah, that we allegedly share. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. It is. So now it gets interesting, Dr. Spiegel. Now the ones where we're different. Um, so and different. I'm happy to start this off by talking about one that you are different on from me. Go for I can, it. I can call it one of yours. According to the Strengths Finders, you are an includer. Indeed. I'm a little bent that I wasn't, I gotta be honest, I would have been fine if that would have showed up on mine, but it didn't. It didn't. Um, But you are. Yeah, um, I guess. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think I see evidence of this a lot. Um, You know, part of what being an includer, well, I have to say, I feel like I hate, so this is my number one. Yeah, yeah, it's number one. Right. And I'm like, I, didn't, I did not so, say that. Yeah, I probably should have. This is your number one. It's I'm so hedging because I hate this one. I hate it. And I'm so mad that it's number one. But it's number one. It's just who I am. Um, so one of our fine podcast listeners slash our very first patron, actually. Um, so Beth describes me as a people collector. And I think Beth might be right. Um, so, uh, I don't know. I just never. Yeah, I, I basically, I try to see the world in a, such a way to where um, there's always room for one more person. And um, although it doesn't come up in my top five strengths, i incredible incredibly empathetic person so i can Mm -hmm. often tell when people feel left out um but this is a strength of mine that i also feel historically has been a huge kind of burden to carry in a way um and so i don't know I, i really wrestle with this one because um yes i'm good at drawing people in but people too much time with too many people uh, zaps my energy. 
and then I have nothing yeah. left. And yeah. so um, sometimes my desire to include everyone will cause me to make things more complicated than they have to be. Mm. Um, sometimes my desire to include or uh, respond to everyone will cause me... Um, yeah, it, it's really just an energy thing. Um, one time a friend of mine pointed out the fact that I needed to work on the difference between between being friendly and being friends with everyone. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so... Um, yeah, so this one I have a complicated relationship with. I do know that it is of value uh, and that people... Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. No question. No question. Yeah. Um, and I know people see it in me. It's just... God, if this world needs anything, it's more includers. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like, so I'm such of an includer that when I say that my top strength is includer... All I think about is the one person or the seven people who are going to listen and they're going to know that one time that I did that one thing and they didn't yeah. feel perfectly included. Right, right. That's going to tear you up. So. Yeah, for sure. That's my confession of the day. Um, but your number one is different from me, Paul. It is. It is. Uh, I, and you sort of identify this This does not surprise Lee. me. Um, so Paul's number one strength is adaptability. Yeah. And this delights me. Yeah. What do you think about that, Paul? Uh, you know, whatever. We can make it work. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I mean, that's the approach that I take in my life. You know, it's like, yeah, you know, whatever comes, comes. We'll, we'll work it out, you know. And um, when I say, yeah, we'll work it out, that's not uh, just like blind optimism or anything. It's like, look, you know, I've made it 49 years. It's longer than I thought. Uh, it's a miracle I've gotten to this point. We'll work it out. Trust yourself. You'll come up with something. Very few things are as earth-shatteringly important as I've ever thought they, that they were at the time. Mm -hmm. It's going to be fine. Let's just – let's work the problem that's in front of us and it'll be okay. Um, and case in point, literally this podcast, literally is – where am I? You know, um, I'm in an office park uh, in Reston. Uh, that uh, I'm borrowing from a friend of mine uh, that is not using it for social distancing, COVID-related reasons. Right? There's not a lot of people around. She's like, yeah, I got an office. Mm -hmm. It's like, and there's and there's people doing tuck pointing on the brick outside of my window that I record on. So it's like, no, I cannot guarantee that this is going to be clean recording. So you know what? Um, I'm going to hit up this other person, see if it's free, see if I can hang out, see if I can record in this other place. Yeah, cool. Worked it out. Awesome. Mm -hmm. This is in no way the way that I thought this was going to go today when I woke up this morning. And you know what? Who cares? I'm fine. You know, it's like, I, it just doesn't, mm -hmm. you know, the, the meeting, the object, objective is not in the details of it. It's in, you know, what is the, what is the big thing? Strategery. Uh, the, what is the big thing that, that needs to happen here? And, you know, I need to be able to get Wi-Fi with Sherry, that is clean and um, uh, we need to record this awesome podcast because it's, it's what we do. It's our thing. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's yeah. what, 
we're it's what we do and it's our thing and it's important to us and it's fun and I enjoy it and mm-hmm. it's you know and if adaptability is something that can be leveraged to make that happen cool um, is this the way I thought I was going to record that no but who cares it mm-hmm. works we're, we're doing it it's great you know and it, it's awesome and that's essentially that that goes for the podcast recording today um, that goes for what's for dinner tonight that goes for you know what's going to happen tomorrow I don't know you know um, and that's what gives me the infuriating and like you said before there's a price to be paid for every one of these mm-hmm. and sometimes that price is high um, I've infuriated a lot of people in my life with this uh, because this also makes me very hesitant to actually like hammer down a plan on what's going to happen and when it's going to happen because I'm like I don't know that's tomorrow I don't even know what tomorrow's like yet. I'm not there yet. We'll see. We'll, we'll work it out. Um, which uh, t- to have adaptability as being number – this is my number one. As being number one is freaking great for me. It's not as great for everyone else all the time, right? <laughs> that is, adaptability is not number one for – but it's like adaptability number one for me. Well, it must be number one for everybody else too. So it's like, my God, why are you thinking about tomorrow? Jesus, we're not even knowing today yet. Hang on. Hang on. Um, so I appreciate that. I mean, that and that is the price to pay for this one. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. that's, that's the price you pay for this one. Well, it's so interesting because adaptability is not – in my top five. Um, and because I have 15, taken right. like the upgraded version, I can yeah. tell folks exactly what number it falls. Um, so it is number 17 for me. Oof. So it's not even in the top 10, right? Um, so what I think is interesting about that is I think that price that you say you pay uh, for your great adaptability um, is both. <laughs> is paid by you. Right? <laughs> I'm just like, hmm, how do I want to finish the sentence? Yeah. I think that is like, you I are think. That price. Wait, wait. Okay. Be adaptable for a second. <laughs> okay. I think I have grown more adaptable as a result of being in relationship with you, because you're right. Like things actually really can be a lot more flexible than I like to think they do. Um, And some of the way I see the world, sometimes um, I get very attached to specific ways and specific kinds of expectations. Um, And so you kind of have like this mantra of like, don't freak out. Um, And I think that is the adaptability, like, person's go-to mantra. And so I think uh, adaptability is not one of my strengths. But I do think, though it took some trial and error to learn to expect it from you, (laughs) um, I do think I have benefited from your strength in adaptability. That's kind. That's kind of you to say. Um... And I do appreciate that that is not number one for everyone. And that um, also really does. And I, I, I mean, this is something that I, I do feel it does rub up against 
the rebelness in me with with a little bit of friction. It's like, oof. I mean, putting something on the calendar, it like makes it not worth doing because it's already been done because it's on my calendar. It's like, you know. Um, so it's a it's a it's a thing, and I don't know if those two things are related. I, I mean, I don't know what happens if the, if two like behavioral assessments sort of touch. It's like if it's like matter antimatter situation, and like there's a big explosion or whatever. So what happens when Gretchen Rubin like runs into the Strengths Finders and things like that? Um, it's a little more complicated than we need to be. But I mean, that adaptability has saved me. That adaptability has um, oftentimes caused friction. Mm-hmm. You know, and people who that is not number one for. And, um, oof. Well, oof. And you know? So, <laughs> it's like, yeah. So I think looking at the fact that your adaptability hits with your rebel tendency and interesting things happen. I think on my side of things, um, depending on how I am in a particular day, I either come in as an obliger in the Gretchen Rubin world. Yeah. Uh, or a questioner. Um, and so, but I think realistically, I'm probably an obliger. Um, and so obligers my number two. are very my driven number two. by external expectations. Um, and so my tendency to want to be an includer and to be overly concerned with everyone else's perception. Oh, this is a recipe for for peace. Yeah. And love and gentle feelings about oneself. Yeah. 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 Well, of course. Obliger. Obliger was my number two in Gretchen Rubin, by the way. And I think anybody who knows me is like, I'm surprised it's not your number one sometimes. Um, Well, what's interesting is I think that that is something that's in the Gretchen Rubin framework is that obligers will be obligers until they just have had enough and then they go full on rebel. Yeah. And so sometimes I wonder whether. You, my friend, are an obliger who's just had enough a lot of the time. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. You know, maybe. Interesting. Um, that's interesting. Yeah, interesting. What's your other strength, Paul? My other strength is positivity. Indeed. This doesn't surprise me. That doesn't surprise me either. I'm a pretty positive guy. You are. Yeah, I mean, I can see this. You, right, like you see opportunity, Right? Like everybody else is like, oh, COVID. And Paul's like, hey, like, oh, so we can really COVID, do something what here. Can we, do? <laughs> we can really do something here. You know, it's like we have this. And it's not, I mean, I would never say that this pre- provides an opportunity for something, you know, or something as crass as that. Yeah. And people have died from this. Many, many people have died and are suffering from this. But it's like, well, what do we got in front of us? Hashtag adaptability. Yeah. This is what we got. What can we do? What can we do? Because we're both feeling connected. We both have good ideas. We're both strategic. I'm feeling some positivity and some adaptability. Let's do a thing. Yeah. Well, I think it also sort of articulates why you might thrive in, you know, a pandemic is like if you have the ability to adapt, come up with new ideas, plan for how to implement them and stay positive in it all. Yeah, you're going to be all right. I'll be all right. I will not be voted off the island in the first round. Well, no, but in the second round, you might be because I think positivity tied with adaptability has its downsides too, right? Like when someone else next to you is on the struggle bus, like, oh, here comes Paul with his look on the bright side. (laughs) The struggle provides a real opportunity for us to do some really interesting things with connectivity. Um, 
Yeah, uh, I don't know where I got that from. Um, I, I, I think it's an, it's newer in my life. I, I wasn't always extremely positive. I, I don't think. Um, I don't know when this kind of came up with me. It, it feels like it. It it sort of tracks with uh, my meditation practice. I think a little bit. You know, um, there's not always things to be feared from the dark resources of one's own one's own thoughts and one's own feelings and one's own sensations i mean what what do you realize you know if if you're if you, if you don't freak out you know and you, and you pay attention is that for the train wreck of everything that's been thrown at you in your life if you're listening to this podcast you have lived through it you have lived through it you have successfully navigated that by virtue of the fact that you were alive. I'm not saying it didn't hurt. I'm not saying it's not traumatic. I'm not saying there aren't scars. But you made it through. And um, it did not kill you. And you you had whatever it was within you that keeps you going in the face of adversity and struggle and pain and suffering and tragedy and grief and trauma and abuse and everything uh you're here you made it this far what could stop you now what could stop you now you've made it literally this far what could stop you now and if that's not a reason to be positive i mean what what is there I mean, this isn't blind optimism where you're just hoping for the best. Mm -hmm. You know, this is grounded in 49 years worth of life. Every day you wake up and you're confronted with a vast, a vast array of weirdness and strangeness and unanticipated things and random stuff going on and pandemics and blah and all this stuff. And you're still here. You're still plugging away. You're still trucking through. And it might have sucked at some times, but it's also been awesome at times. But whatever is the outcome, you're still here. Mm-hmm. You know, what? awesome. Yeah. Good job. Pat yourself on the damn back. Right. You know, take a freaking win. Yeah. You know, it didn't kill you yet. Maybe you're tougher than you thought. Mm-hmm. Well, and one of the things that I think is interesting about this one, when you and I were looking at the description of it earlier, uh, one of the things that we sort of pinpointed was the fact that it says um, some cynics may reject your energy, but you are rarely dragged down. Yeah, um, I ain't got time for that. I got shit to do. Yeah, and I think that that's an interesting thing about your personality, the fact that you just because like just because the someone else you're in a room with is like totally taking like looking for all the opportunities to not see the glory in the world yeah. doesn't mean like like yeah, you're 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 very resilient in your ability to stay sort of on on this light more lighthearted side of things. Um and I admire that because, like, a lot of times, like, I am very influenced uh, by other people's mood. Um, and so I can start off positive. But if somebody mm-hmm. comes in with their drab, hate the world, like, mindset, I can get drawn right into that. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. oh, 
well, we all, and, and, and it might be my connectedness. I don't know. It's like, oh, well, yeah. And we've all been there. I mean, that yeah. happens, you know, yeah. I'm not going to, I'm not going to live there though. You know, um, mm-hmm. I'm not going to live there. I mean, it's like, I can appreciate that. Some things just stink. Some things are a bummer. Some things are a downer. Yeah. Um, some things are depressing. Some things are painful. Some things are hurtful. Some things are, I mean, it, it's fine. You know, and being the positivity doesn't mean that you're immune to those things. Mm-hmm. It means you feel those things deeply, yet you see this long arc of your life in a way that it's like, eh, it'll be okay. And this this is part of the experience of that, that humans have on this earth. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to wake up every day and think that it's going to be awful. I mean, every day is the potential to be amazing. Mm-hmm. And some days it is, and sometimes it's not. Well, you know, that's the but, way with potential, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's like, and some days will and some days won't. Mm-hmm. And what does it have to do with tomorrow? Nothing. Nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. Doesn't have anything to do with tomorrow. Yeah. Doesn't have anything to do with yesterday. Um, what do you what do you show up with? What can you do with it? And I feel a responsibility to try to make the world a better place and to give more than I take and mm-hmm. positivity. Yeah, it's a good strength to have. I think it's not the worst. Not the worst. It can be grating on people around you, though, <laughs> on occasion, uh, who are not really feeling it right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you have a really cool number three. This is the other one, uh, the last one that uh, we 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 don't share this one. Um, I don't think that it will surprise too many people who know Sherry Spiegel well that one of her strengths is communication. Indeed. (laughs) Would you like to speak to that? Uh, Well, let's be fun about this. Uh, I'm positive. Uh, What is communication? Uh, Like, we're trying to do, we, we sort of are sort of low-key defining each one of these things as we go through them, kind of. Whether they're true to what the strength finders is it defining, I don't know. What is communication anyway? How do you how do you define that? You're so good at it. Yeah. You have a career well, in it. Well, I mean, you... so for me, connectedness and communication are not separate. Um, There's all... a two and three. There's a number two and three under strength finders. So, yeah, right. Even... So, I mean... For me, inclusion, connectedness, and communication are all basically the same thing. So it doesn't surprise me that they're my top three. Um, You know, communication is just uh, though the reality of life is that we are all connected. We are uh, sort of we perceive the world in a way that privileges are disconnection. And so communication is a way of breaking down the gaps between people. That's what communication is. Hmm. Uh, When I think of that, I have this very simplistic notion of you're saying something. It's like you're writing something. Are we talking about like text or, or, or what you know but this is this very pragmatic uh how does it play out sort of simplistic view it's more than that though isn't it yeah i mean it's so it's communication is 
language it's what you say it's what you write it's also um for me it's visual um we communicate a lot through visual um so what do you mean by that what do you mean by that um graphics right so visual Hmm. things communicate a lot um the old picture's worth a thousand words. Okay. It's still pictures are communication. Um, so, I mean, at the at the end of the day, I'm a rhetorician, right? Which means I am in every instance seeking the available means to communicate, uh, to get some sort of point across. And so for me, that means I might use pictures. It means I might use words. It means I might call. I might might do any variety of things. Um, but communication is just, um, you know, it's, it's how, do you, how do you make people <laughs> listen to you and hear what you have to say? Um, and so, yes, this comes in as number three for me, um, which, you know, I feel like it's so interesting, Paul. You talk about all of yours through the lens of your positivity. And I think about all of mine through the lens of... Uh, something that's not in Strength Finder, but like my own personal skepticism. Mm. Um, mm. So, you know, communication's interesting. Um, I have three degrees in English. Um, yeah. I developed a theory of rhetoric. I teach writing for a living. Yeah. I have a podcast. Two. Um, I have been told I have a knack for visual design. Uh, so this True. one from a... From a outside point of view, is uh, seems to be confirmed. I think I would agree with that. Cool. I would agree with that. Yeah, I would agree. I would say yes to every one of those things. Uh, if you enjoy the visual appeal of our website, that is Dr. Sherry Spiegel. Uh, on this podcast, who <laughs> all the graphics? That is Doctor Sherry Spiegel. It makes me wonder what I actually contribute to this thing. Um, I'm adaptable, and I have ideas. Positivity. I'm, I'm positive, and I'm strategic. <laughs> uh, but this is interesting, though, that you brought this up. I mean, there's the possibility that you and I combined would would provide ten different avenues of of strength. We don't. We provide seven because we overlap on a lot. You know, does this mean we're disadvantaged in any way, or do we capitalize on the ones that we share and rely on? Uh, each other to provide the ones that we that we don't or or what what does it mean when two people overlap in a lot of these two things but are trying to do a, a creative thing is that a strength or is that a, a hindrance i don't think it has to be one or the other right but i do think i think our overlaps explain a lot about why this works and why pieces of it feel effortless mm-hmm I think our overlaps also explain uh, when we get into places of, like, the moments when it doesn't feel effortless, right? Like, um, especially, like, communication and adaptability. Um, Yeah. You know, like, the tendency for, uh, like, I might want to talk through a thing ad nauseum, and you might just want to switch it up and let's just do something different. <laughs> Oi. Oi. <laughs> it's just who we are, though. It's who we are, yeah. It's like, yeah, it's fine. You know, uh, I can rely on my positivity for that, and it's like, it'll be fine. 
it'll be fine. Um, so who should take these tests? Who could who should take these tests? Right? Um, you recently did one for your your deacon group at your church, right? Um, what are these things uh, good for? Do you think? I mean, and, and I, it is interesting. I mean, when I took it, it was like ah, I don't know, and I take it and you get this result, and I'm thinking through it, and it's like, well, it explains a little bit. It's like, and I see some things. Yeah, I, the positivity really makes sense to me, and adaptability really makes sense to me, and. Mm-hmm. Does this mean that I'm not good at all the other things? Does it mean, you know, and, and that's the risk that I saw, sort of fall into is when I get the results of these things, you know, do I want to overinterpret this in some sort of sort of way? I mean, I think that's that's the problem with all these assessments, right? Like, um, you know, you sometimes say that the problem with tests is they don't tell you what you want to know. Um, well, this test might tell you some things you might be curious about. Uh, this test also might tell you the things you already know, but um, give you language to talk about it that you haven't mm. thought about before. And yeah, I think that's, that's the real affordance of a test like this is it's giving you language to talk about things that you might already perceive, but you don't have uh, the tools to really have productive conversation about it. So for me, like I look at my strengths um Includer, connectedness, communication, ideation, and strategy. And what's interesting to me uh, about my strengths is they fall into three specific domains within mm. the Strengths Finder. There are four domains. Um, and so the four domains are executing, influencing, relationship building, and strategic thinking. Um, which I feel like the fact that strategic thinking contains strategic is kind of redundant but that's just my thought anyhow so there are these four domains and the first thing that really um the string finder assessment really communicated to me when i looked at it was you know there's just this visual that shows these like almost like chromosomes or something like this Mm -hmm. this you know visually lays out the information um and i've got two that are blue which means they're relationship building one that's about influence, communication, mm-hmm. um, and then two that are about strategic thinking. I have absolutely nothing in execution. And when I first saw that, um, I got super, super fixated on that um, because I wanted to think through all the possible reasons that that might be true. Um, and I've sort of stopped fixating on that. And I've started to explore like, well, how can this help me to understand where I sort of, mm-hmm. where I struggle and where I'm you know, where I need to do different kinds of things. Um, And so I think that for me has been really useful. And Paul, you, I think also have similar, because we only have two that are different. Yeah, we only have two that are different. I don't know if the two that I'm different in are outside of the categories that. The two that you're different in are both in relationship building. You have... Yeah, you have three that are in relationship building, and then you have two that are in strategic thinking. Hmm. Um, and so what's interesting is a lot of the people within my deacon group are the same. Uh, we're relationship builders. We're strategic thinkers. So I think one thing that's interesting is what happens when a community of people come together and recognize that they care a lot about relationship building and they can sh- think very strategically. Yeah. Um, but they have fewer 
strengths in execution, right? And I think you Mm -hmm. and I talk about this a lot. Like, what are the strategies, strategic thinking, uh, that we use to make ourselves actually do stuff, like to execute, to keep it... Right? (laughs) I don't know the answer to that either. Well, Um, except you do, right? Like, we have these things we do. Like, okay, we're going to do calendar invites. Okay, sometimes we're going to, you know, just log on and watch each other do this stupid yeah, task we didn't want to yeah, do. Yeah, that's a story that I have in my life. We talked about this a little earlier. It's like, I just need somebody to sit down next to me for like five minutes while I do this thing that I really don't want to do. And they don't, they're don't. they not encouraging me. They're not cheerleading. It's like, no, just sit there. Just sit mm-hmm. there while I yeah. do this. And that will be enough to get me across that finish line. For yeah. What, I have no idea what that is. Yeah, I don't know. I, it's I just, no it's, a, it's a weird, um, it's a weird thing that's true for me. And sometimes, like, if I can just get over the hurdle and just get started, I can do the thing. Yeah. Um, but I I think I, you know, I can accomplish more in community than I can alone. For sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. Which is very interesting. You know, and that's not even a hypothesis I'm going to spend any time testing. It's like, I'm, I know I am. Mm-hmm. I've, I've done it already. It's like, I, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Totally sure. Um, yeah, I mean, it's interesting. Like I rely a lot on the partnerships in my life because I'm better with humans. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, it also did not surprise me that at the very bottom of my list was focus. Hmm. And you took the full, you took the full. I took the full thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So you get all the, and, and they sort of warn you against doing this. Like go, don't go look at like 30 through 34 and be like, here are my weaknesses. This is why I'm a Um, failure, you know? So I just phrase it in a different way because, you know, communication is my strength. So I say, (laughs) focus is not one of my strengths, nor is consistency. I'm sorry. Hmm. Yet here we are. Yet here we are. Yeah, somehow we managed to get stuff done together. Yeah, it's interesting. It is. It is. Yeah. Well, that's our strategy that we're employing, right? It's like, let's get it on the calendar and we're going to stick to it. We're not going to think about it. We're just going to do it, you know? And it's a joy. It's a joy. Yeah. I think we have this long-term hypothesis that we're better off together than we are apart. So we just keep testing it. Might as well. Yeah, might as well give it a crack. What a wonderful conversation, Sherry. Indeed. This has been fun. Um, if anyone out there has done the strengths finders, or if you are interested in doing so, uh, I'd love to hear what you think about it and, mm-hmm. and what you learned about yourself. Um, what is it? Uh, 20 bucks? Plug it yeah. on the web, you know, something like that. We'll put a link in the show notes just, uh, just yeah, to put a link in the show notes. And, so. You know, there are probably other ways to do this kind of like, you know, I don't want to, I don't want people to think like they were out there shilling for, Strength finder, but I do yeah. think it's it's worth like sitting down and asking like, what do I bring to the table in a positive way? Yeah, if you're wondering, this might help you out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. cool. And anything I think that draws one's attention to self discovery is a good thing, you know, uh, for a reasonable price, of course. And I mean, one of the thing, one of the benefits of these things is it really does cause you to sort of think about how you respond to what this is and reflecting on what you're what you think about what this tells you about yourself you know and anything i think that 
that gives you a greater awareness, not only of what your tendencies are, what your strengths are as, as defined by this, but what you think about these, the list as it, as it comes across your desk and what your strengths are, I think is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a good thing. Yeah. Pretty Self-exploration. Not the worst. Not the worst. Yeah. Well, thanks for t- finally taking the assessment. Of course. Call. Of course. In six months, I'll do the rest of it. Yeah, I figured out the right communication <laughs> strategy to coax him into it. And that is further uh, evidence that I am quite good at this whole communication thing. If you can get a right. rebel to do something. You've unlocked Pandora's box. Yeah. <laughs> Stumbled across the fountain of youth, holy grail or something. That might be my greatest strength. I can convince Paul to do to things. To do something, yeah. Not many things, but like three. Yeah. <laughs> and this is one of them so and it's a joy sherry so yeah uh, indeed. thanks for joining me on a wednesday afternoon of course and we'll see everybody on the flip indeed have a good week take care paul take care sherry bye-bye bye this podcast is produced by sherry spiegel paul fitzgerald and this most unbelievable life for more information please check us out at www.thismostunbelievablelife.com. Paul and Sherry have a podcast. podcast. Yes. Yes.